Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. This is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 11th of July 2013. For newcomers, please use the website CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. You'll start to understand the system you're born into, how it works, how it's devised, and even who set it up a long time ago, because we're living through an agenda, a big business plan for the world, set up a long time ago, even 100 years ago at least they came out into the open in a sense when they formed uh, foundations, private foundations, philanthropic foundations, of course, and they said that they would be a parallel government. In fact, they are the real government because they put their own boys into into presidents' uh, positions and prime ministers' positions across the world, and they have done for a long, long time, uh, and the top bureaucrats too, of course. And uh, if you go through the website, you'll find out in the archive section all the previous talks I've given, well over a thousand, I don't know how many is there now, and, um, and there's also transcripts as well as audios. There's transcripts for print-up as well of the talks I've given and all the sites listed at cuttingthroughmedics.com. And if you go into Alan Watt Sentient, sentinel.eu, you can find transcripts uh, translated in other languages. And I depend on the people, the listeners, to basically keep me going because I, I don't this is not a business. I don't bring on advertisers and so on. I don't sell products. All I have is the books and discs. I have my own ones at cuttingthroughmedics.com. And from the U.S. to Canada, remember, if you want to keep me going, you can buy them and find out how chronology works. Chronology is a great art because it's now called propaganda, public relations, etc. Where psychologists and neuroscientists even are working on perception management and how to put things across to the public to make the public go along with pretty well anything that they want at the top. And it can be done. It's been done for a long time. It's pretty well perfected, in fact. And how old it is, the science is very, very old, different names down through the, the eons, but the, the techniques were understood even thousands of years ago. So to buy the books from the US to Canada, remember, you can always use personal checks or international postal money orders. You can send cash or use PayPal. And you'll find out how to do it at cuttingthroughmedics.com. Across the world, you've got Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal once again. Straight donations are really seriously welcome. Seriously welcome. As we go through inflation, and uh, really bills or notes, money notes today, uh, you spend them as fast as you used to spend uh, half the value not so long ago. But again, that's planned inflation because remember, after 2008, the, I think the chairman of the Federal Reserve came out and he said that that uh, for the next, I think it was 10 years or something, we'll have gradual increasing inflation. Well, 10 is as good as 20 or 30 or 40 or perpetually, because really into the system, you've always had inflation. It's built into the system. That's why you expect a pay raise every year. Uh, and no one asks why you expect it. You just do. And that's why everything goes up every year at the same time the pay raises go up as well. It's built into the system, inflation. But that's a system that, of course, no one voted for except a few paid-off people at the top. And, of course, the whole idea by this private organization, Royal Institute of International Affairs, that created the system in the first place, this, this private foundation system, and a whole array of other foundations, too, that they, they, they work with. And I think, basically, they're all part of the one system. 
the, the uh, said they would set up a, a world bank and they would set up a bank for international settlements and an international monetary fund. They've done all of that today. And uh, they said this a long, long time ago, back in the 1920s, in fact, or even before that. It's all been done since then. And they would control the world eventually through financing and holding debt over over ex-nations, because by that time the nations would be global and be parts of regions and amalgamated a lot of them, like Europe. It's all been done as well. They drafted up the bill for the European amalgamation. They drafted up the one for, for the, all of the Asian countries uh, in the Far East, and also drafted up the NAFTA deal too from the, the Council on Foreign Relations, their American-Canadian branch. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix. Mentioning the big organization that started off a long time ago, as I say, had many names before it came out as the Royal Institute of International Affairs. Uh, at one point it was called the Milner Group. Uh, at one point even Winston Churchill didn't know what it was called because he, he argued about it in Parliament at one point because he was left out of the loop, you might say, on, on, on even what they were up to. But it had many names before it. And of course, there was an amalgamation at that time of, of uh, quiet occultic groups. Occultic means hidden. And there were hidden groups that had been helping run uh, the so-called British Empire for a long, long time. Actually, they'd run it. They owned it, in fact. But anyway, they formed, formed the Royal Institute of International Affairs and then they created all these non-governmental organizations to, to lobby governments constantly for changes, rapid changes, on a communistic level. And even Carl Quigley, their, their, as I say, their personal historian, I've said that many times before, who uh, got access to their archives because they have their own version of history. They have the, all, the, all the blank bits filled in as to who did what and why. And they actually admitted that, uh, he actually said in his own book that, uh, uh, he said that, uh, that this, this group exists, he said, and he's mentioning the U.S. division of it, the CFR. He said they're often mistaken for communists because their, their agendas are identical. Only the only difference being that big international corporations are, are behind the CFR's group as well. But they want to run the world in a, in a communistic fashion for the general population, you understand. While they've got divisions and classes, including those in academia, who help run the world and churn out future managers of the world, and uh, scientific class as well. And Aldous Huxley touched, touched on that, and so did his brother touch on that, that same subject. So you understand they've divided up into a, a different kind of society than they used to exist. It's all been done. But the whole idea was to bring in, bring in uh, guys uh, in, from philanthropy, again, who are often front men and made to be front men, millionaires, multimillionaires, and uh, almost create a, a rock star status for them too. They actually had a, a division who, who gave them that, promoted them to the top. So if this guy was a genius in some area, he was obviously a genius with every political comment or social comment he meant, he, he said as well. And people would ad- adapt that comment to themselves and believe it too. So that's how it's done. It's, it's all done by trickery in a sense. It's very much like the Wizard of Oz, and, and all news is done that way too, because every major newspaper in the world uh, is a member of the same organization, and the editors and the magnets who own them. Whether you think it's left-wing, right-wing, it doesn't matter, they all are members. 
And I've looked through some of their books here because they used to print all their books, uh, the minutes of their meetings, their international meetings. I have lots of the old ones. And they, it's, it's interesting because they, they won't say who said what. A speaker from Australia said this, a street, you know, and so on. That's how they write it in there. Uh, but in the back, you'll find all the attendees and you can figure out who's who and who said what. And they did have people who belonged to the Communist Party in their international meetings. They, they had the treasurers of countries and guys who run their central banks from countries, the biggest countries there too, mixing with communists, uh, the top capitalists of the day and industrialists. Uh, all the newsmen, all the news groups and top uh, journalists, etc. were in there too. Uh, all, all, all sides, supposedly, that we, that we think are arguing and, and fighting each other. And they're all for global governance. And one of them was from back in the 1930s. I've read it on the air, different parts of it before. So you understand that Quigley is quite right. They don't care. He said, we don't care who we bring on board, communists, capitalists, dictators, whatever. Because they're all used. They're all useful. And not so much that they're so much useful. It's because they have followers who will follow whatever they say. That's why groups are fantastic. And it's great to have ready-made groups as well. Just put in the leader. You see, and, and people don't notice that you're going 180 degrees in their policies as to what you were before if you do it the proper way. That's what Bernays said. Bernays, they helped shape the policies of America with many, many generations uh, of people. He worked for so many presidents, a long life, and he gave the, the consumer society to America very easily too. He actually hated the American people because they were so easy to manipulate, you said, as his daughter said that. But... um. It's still going on today, of course, but they give us our heroes yet. Even Einstein, too, you never hear him talking about his actual scientific theories, uh, unless he might, he might say something with, if he's got, if he's got a shriveled thing in front of him to read from, but it's always about politics. He's put out there to push politics. He says, I'm, I'm a Zionist, but that time, at that time he meant a world Zionist, you know. And uh, that was it, basically. That's why he talked about two world situations, and et cetera, et cetera. Not science at all. And I always think back to when I read about Bill Gates, the same idea, a front man that came up, a massive organization that, that were all behind him, pushing him up to the top. All the doors open, just like the Monsanto, can't get sued left, right and center. Same with, with Bill Gates, etc. Same stuff. Because as a massive, or- the organization, you might see that runs the world, was, was backing him to, 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 to do it all. And it's all tied in completely with government as well, and control, and eavesdropping, etc., etc., etc. Uh, but I think basically back when he, as I say, hit the magic number and, and decided supposedly to retire, and um, he's still raking in the cash, mind you, as he promotes all the all the Monsanto stuff across the world, uh, and he bought massive shares of Monsanto at the same time because it all works together. These guys are making a killing, actually, literally a killing in many ways, more than one, one way, as you say, um, by pushing all this stuff across the world. It's not philanthropy at all, but of course the spinners out there are paid to write nice things about them. So we don't often get things that are kind of negative. I've read some here which are negative before because um, we know this is it's more than just... See, business is war to, these, to these, this, these guys who are really pushing the whole global agenda for global governance. Eventually have one, one food corporation, one water corporation, one gas corporation, etc., etc. That's how it's to, it's to be. And Quigley himself said that will be run by the, the new feudal overlords and the new feudal system. It's to be a feudal system, you see, under private 
public partnerships where the public pay for the upkeep of all things and the corporations get their maintenance and everything for free. So uh, this is it here. The overlords are the CEOs of international corporations. But that even takes me back to to even the old um, Illuminati stuff that's been so overdone because these guys aren't static, you know, and and, and one thing or another. They've had many names down through the centuries, but it came out too during the inquiries to do with uh, uh, the the bunch in Bavaria that came out, of course, and they were raided, etc., etc., and then there were bands. But they'd already moved into all through Germany and and France and so on. But it came out that... um, uh, Weishaupt has said that uh, they would create foundations, charitable foundations. I mean, who's going to attack a charitable foundation? See how they understand human nature. It's like attacking mum's apple pie. You never think it was, it was up to no good, you see. And he said, through these, he said, we shall, we shall change the shape and plan the future of the world. Because people will, will believe top philanthropists, you see. They could advocate certain things. They could get uh, schools set up, say, for, for t- train a, p- a particular NGO group from, from, from young age to be top civil servants and pushing for a particular cause, which they're still doing today. And, um, and that's how it's done. That's how it's been recently done all along. Now it says, and you've got some of these, these uh, NGOs that they have, all these NGOs that have massive, massive paychecks. Non-governmental organizations, not, they don't go around with a tin can anymore. And some of them have office towers. And they're all paid by the big foundations behind them. And it's, again, too, they're supposed to be non-political in some sense or another. But you've seen so many of them really are, left-wing or right-wing or whatever. To keep their tax-free status, you see. Now, here's, here's how they get into things, too, and where the shape of things to come, and, and, and so on. And it says, residents urge st- uh, state to drop common core school standards. This common core is a new, whole new curriculum and everything else for the U.S. It says, for many, Bill Gates is, is the glasses-wearing businessman who has used his wealth as co-founder of Microsoft to help improve society. For a growing number of people, however, he is a shark with glasses, and he's swimming in Pennsylvania's educational waters in search of his next meal ticket, and that's their children. It says, Gates and to lesser degree his wife, uh, through their bill and London Gates Foundation, are at the center of many parents and taxpayers' angst over the state's adoption of the tough and increasingly controversial national standards movement known as the Common Core for Education. That Gates' angst was on display for more than two hours Wednesday as dozens of residents urged the State Board of Education to drop the standards. Several residents said they feared Gates was using his wealth to help the federal government take over local school districts and build a database that will track their children's educational records and personal histories under the guise of improving public schools. Common Core is something that is really dangerous, Todd Kiefer of New York Haven, uh, York uh, County, said before the meeting, it gets into a a collaboration between the federal government and a very heavy moneyed interest in the, the private sector, namely Bill and Linda Gates. You know, a dozen other residents made a similar comment while also claiming that the standards would weaken local, uh, local control of curriculum, frequently to national tests and state or national sanctioned reading lists. And it's true enough. Uh, I've read some of the stuff yesterday which they, they push. 
Department of Education spokesman Tim Eller said the residents are misinformed about the state's role in developing its version of the Common Core Standards, while school districts were expected to implement as of July the 1st, even though government, Governor Tom Corbett put them on temporary hold. State law precludes local school districts from sharing intimate student reports on classroom grades and discipline with anyone but the child's parents, and that prohibition includes the state. The only data the state receives from local school districts are aggregated aggregated standardised test results and discipline reports. Those reports, which do not include social security or student identification numbers, are sent to the federal government. Since what we've been collecting through 2001, 5 and 2010 hasn't changed, Eller said. Debbie uh, Vanny uh, Robinson, Foundation spokesman, called the residents' comments inaccurate and said that Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is a philanthropic organisation that does not make money. <laughs> it gives money to charities and causes like abortion. So back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix, talking about Common Core and Bill Gates, who is all behind us and pushing this this new curriculum and so on throughout the school system throughout the US. And this article itself is pretty tame, it doesn't criticise them and so on. And, and, but the thing is, I'll, I'll put the one last night at cuttingthroughmates.com. I'll put up tonight the, the links from both of these ones, yesterday's and today's, to show you the difference, uh, because this one certainly omits an awful lot of, of uh, the differences indeed. But um, remember too, uh, once something's on the books and it's put into, into action, that's when the changes start getting added. That's when they start, it's just like law, same thing. That the law tries to be as, they try to make it as, as, as less fearsome as possible, and then they, they start to do amendments to it once it's passed, and get the real, the real, the real beef of it into it. So I'll put this up tonight, as I say. Now also, I've talked many times about predictive programming, I've given some whole talks about them sometimes uh, over the years, and you'll find a lot of talks uh, at cuttingthroughmates.com archive section. And I've gone through um, predictive programming, for instance, and how that works, and how most of your values are changed through fiction, what you watch, especially anything on television. It's always up to date, the latest, the latest, the latest, and television series and dramas, etc. That's why uh, the Tavistock Institute in Britain, one of the big experimental places for using uh, mental patients actually as subjects, test subjects initially was all, all severe mental patients. Then they got in ones who were not severely affected at all and used them as well. Aldous Huxley talks about it uh, even in his Berkeley talk because he was awfully excited when he went there putting wires into people's brains and making them act like robots by pressing buttons. He thought that was just wonderful. But um, they also had, had departments to do, and they still do. They have lectures in there for people who are in an entertainment business, especially in writing scripts for television and movies, because they were used very early on to, to in fact, they still are used. They're the mainstay, really, of how to get a message across to the public through fiction, how to do it, techniques that are used, and so on. And if it's a sort of, um, something that people don't like in society, 
or makes them uncomfortable, in particular individuals, for instance, they simply bring on dramas with the usual scenes where where they don't tell you off the bat who's who, and the person's getting chased, and then then it gradually comes out what they are, how they differ from you or whatever, and they put them in situations where eventually you identify with the situations that you with the person that they go through, just normal situations. That well, I I, I would probably behave that way, and I deal with this in that way, and so. And then they bring in what they're really into, and by that time you're sunken into the story, and you, you might be disgusted, but you won't turn it off. It's well understood how it's done. It's, it's worked for so long, generations, in fact. And but it's, it's done so slickly today that, um, and people can't turn it off. They, they try because they're hooked into it. That there's natural forces at work in your mind for, of survival, you understand. And I mentioned how it works with, with horror movies and, and why even you see a junky horror movie, you'll often watch it to the end because it trips into the primitive part of the brain uh, for survival. And you're identifying with the people getting chased by the big monster, whoever it happens to be. Oh, now it's all the zombies, of course. And if you, if you miss what's happening... Even though it's all fiction and so on, you're in the movie in a sense because you're identifying with the characters and these situations and how they deal with things because that's what you would, how you deal with it. And if they do something different, you're really worried then because you feel threatened in a way. So you keep watching. Now, and there's been so many studies done on this technique. It's unbelievable. But it's the same thing too when they bring in something to do with sex, you see. Anything to do with sex at all, then the people will, will, will watch it. And even any kind of perverted sex, uh, they'll watch that. Even still, even if, if some people will feel awfully disgusted about it, but they'll say, but, it's been, but now it's halfway through and you already find out what happens. Where does it go from here? Because you're still in that same kind of thing. There's always a chase. Someone's going to get attacked. Someone's going to die. Whatever it happens to be. And you'll watch it or the detective's got to get his, his prey. That kind of stuff. It's all perfectly worked out. And say Tavistock really led the field in that too. And I've read the articles from producers uh, in the US, and one of them was in Brazil actually, Latin America there, who did a, a TV soap drama, and he used the technique in, in his drama, and one of the techniques is named after him now, so it works awfully well to change the perception and behavior of the audience. But here's an, art, an article I was sent today, and, and it says, um, I have mentioned before about the, I should preface it by saying, I mentioned before, but 2001, before 9-11 happened, uh, they had a, a big meeting of international censorship organizations for countries. And then they published in the paper in Canada and the States articles by two professors that were identical to each other. And they said that now that they'd won the right for homosexuals, uh, and, and homosexuality and so on by, by using media and acclimatizing the public through comedies and things like that. They would not, the next step would be uh, bestiality, they said, and intergenerational sex. And, um, and so the next part too is also transgender, you see. But here they go, it says, this, this is, um, from last, from 2012, it says, hit, the Hit and Miss series, British television series created by Paul Abbott, broadcast in Sky Atlantic, and it stars Chloe Sevingi as a transsexual contract killer. See, the contract killer parts to get you stuck into it, and it's, oh my god, contract killer, who discovers she has a, a she, she has a child. Now, in other words, it's a guy who's dressed as a woman, right? And he finds out that his ex-lover uh, or whoever had a child. So there's a lot of conflict as he's killing people for contracts and money and so on. Back with more on this after this break. 
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix and talking about predictive programming and how you can, you can actually program people through fiction on how to behave and change attitudes, etc. And they understand the human mind perfectly well, always have done actually. And the, 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 I've watched it, I've lived through, I've lived through the massive changes in my lifetime alone, watching how it was done through television from Britain. And this series here, Hit and Miss Again, comes from Britain. All the top ones come from Britain. And, uh, uh, for instance, they, they came out with uh, Steptoe and Son in Britain. And then they came out with Stanford, Stanford and Son in, in the U.S. And um, all in the family in the U.S. started with Alf Garnett in, in, in London. So he was a guy living in London. Uh, same characters, exactly, and with saying the same things, etc. And same jokes. And they changed it to, uh, the names and so on for American audience. And, uh, and many other series too are all done first. Three's company uh, was actually Robin's Nest in, in England prior to that. So it's all done first in England, tested on the public there. It works awfully well, and then they bring it and you do it in America too. So here's a hit and miss, it says. And no doubt there's something on America already if, if this particular series is not on there. I don't know. But it says, um, here's the plot, basically. It says, Maya, a pre-operated uh, transsexual woman, right, I mean, it's really a guy, right? Works as a contract killer. And you'll see it in the media. This is the PC term of trading the public. Even when you read things, newspapers will use the same terminology. I mean, the guy is still a guy. He's pre-operative, right? And he's had a child uh, in 78, another woman who he lived with before, right? So it says, uh, he, they say again, she discovers her, she fathered a son, Ryan, with her ex-girlfriend, Wendy, who recently had died from cancer. Mia is named by the mother as guardian of the boy and his three half-siblings who live in a rural farmhouse in Yorkshire while continuing to work as an assassin, a paid assassin. Maya learns to cope with being in a parental role. Now, it's aimed mainly at women. Uh, guys will watch it too uh, because the sex things I'm no doubt are in it. Apparently, it's a lot of front, full frontal newsy. And they actually hired an actress to play the transsexual. An actress, not an actor. And, uh, and, and she complained that she had to wear uh, an artificial uh, appendage down below. While, she, well, of course, her breast was showing the transsexual obviously had, uh, it, it, he already had breast implants, obviously, in, in the movie or the series. So here's how they do things. And it's something like this. You've got to watch it, and it's got a contract killer, sort of a lot of thrills and, and blood and guts and, and near, near misses and so on. And the main character will almost get caught, and, and that, that keeps you hooked, just like the horror movies for survival. And then there'll be a lot of crying episodes, too, with her, now she found out she, she <laughs> which is a he, fathered a son, uh, and the, she's got the son now. And um, it's a lot of crying stuff, so the women will, will, will identify with that, too, etc., etc. In other words, you make them human. You see, and with this technique, you can take anybody and make them uh, humanize them into you, basically, and that's how you you, you change it too. Plus, you get the terrible no nos from the top because this all comes from the top. Remember, down politics, everything they tell you they're all on board with the same agendas. There's no difference between them, and and we've all got to repeat the same stuff. It's just like being in George Orwell's 1984. You know how many fingers am I holding up, Winston? 
And you better give them the answer they want to, 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 to hear, you know. That's how bad it is today. With lots of things. But anyway, that's the basic plot. And, uh, and there'll be lots of fast chases and stuff like that and so on. It says, Hit and Miss was commissioned as one of Sky Atlantic's first original series when the channel was launched in 2011. The series creator Paul Abbott said the show combines separate ideas for two series that shouldn't automatically fit together. There were two projects in the desk, one a transsexual mother of five, which he had previously tackled in Mrs. Inbetweeny. That was another one he made, Mrs. Inbetweeny. The letter about a, a hitman. He was having difficulty developing the first one because the penis became an obstructive prop. It seemed that there, but, but there, uh, there were all there was to talk about, he says. So he decided to combine both. And he passed the idea on to Sean Conway, whose research for the series involves strange Google lists detailing sex changes in handguns. Anyway, it's filmed in Manchester, and there's Bull Front on Unity and all the rest, all the usual stuff to get the, the general public having their eyes popping out. Ooh, look at that. Ooh, ooh. You know, and then that's what gets them. It's simple stuff, isn't it? But again, the change how people think about these things and so on, because it's not real, you see. Interesting too, the, there's a good series, uh, apparently a, a very favourite series, a popular series, of a, a guy who's a coroner for some DA office, and he's a psychopath, and he, he kills folk off left, right and centre as well, and never gets caught, and uh, it seems to be very trendy with the public right now, so it's very similar in a sense, this the particular one here, because the main one is, a, as I say, a, a, hit, a hit man who's a hit woman who's a hit transsexual, <laughs> whatever else. And I'll leave the rest to you, to you. But that's how it's done. And that's how your, your mind has, has changed. Well, they're not, it's not really that bad. Cause you're identifying with a fictional character here. Understand that? Uh, where they have psychologists on board to help write the script for them. Coronation Street, I've read out, uh, one of their main things when they were, uh, when they were doing a new series for, for, for Britain and abroad in Canada, and they, and they had a whole series and, and videos up on interviews with some of the top people who were on their permanent staff, psychiatrists, psychologists, sociologists, etc., etc., divorce counsellors, you name it, all the stuff that they push, 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 uh, it's, it's all there, quite something. To, to, all to change your opinions and your attitudes and to get you to adopt uh, uh, new beliefs, etc., and new as a living Blah, blah, blah. It's all done that way. And you can't, you know, I'm saying this stuff, it doesn't stop it because people, people can't help themselves that are addicted to television. It's been the best weapon that's ever been devised for those to control. Also, this article here is, is from the government, the government website in Britain. Gender Recognition Panel Guidance, it's called. Consultation on fee remissions for the courts and tribunals. It says, the objective of these proposals is to create a single system of fee remissions, waivers for all fee-paying courts and tribunals, which is simple to use, more cost-efficient, and so on. And um, it says, the Gender Recognition Panel was established under the Gender Recognition Act of 2004 to assess applications from transsexual people for legal recognition in their acquired gender. So they'll get uh, different psychologists to sign forms, uh, and so on and so on. And the surgeon said, yeah, I cut this off or I, 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 I made a, a, a fake, whatever, you know. And you understand it's all a fakery. It's not real. But it doesn't matter. You're supposed to believe it and you better, and you better believe it because it's going to be a crime shortly not to believe it. The way it's getting pushed. You understand?
This is well, you can do this with everything, and they are doing it with this. So I'll put both these articles up tonight to let you, you see um, where this is all going. And I've given talks before about the reasons that all these different groups are used, of course. There were not groups before, in fact. They actually create the groups. And the real purpose is behind all these various groups that are used one after another for a purpose they, they don't even understand themselves. They're completely oblivious of themselves. The, the groups themselves, once they're created into a group, only see them winning something. And it's never enough, of course, because then they become a political organization and so for social changes in other areas. Then they're all told to network together because the leaders are all supplied to them. So that's how it's done. It's quite simple. I could go on and on about that forever, but I won't. Also, this article, too, to do with um, Tsarnev, of course, the guy who was shot, supposedly. So we're told in the throat. We don't know. And appearing in the court, it says he was wearing a bright orange jumpsuit, short sleeves, etc. And it says um, the 19-year-old was escorted into courtroom 10 of the, the Joseph Mokley building before a gallery packed with no less than 30 victims and mem- family members and so on. And it said here that they uh, uh, the host that the run down Dokar and his elder brother Tamerlane who died following the shootout with police in the early hours of April 19th, lest you have detonated the two bombs around 2.49pm. But it says, Docker was fidgety uh, throughout the, arrange- the arraignment in front of the magistrate judge, Marianne Bowler. The proceedings lasted around eight minutes. It says, right from the beginning, he kept turning his head to catch sight of the gallery behind him. He repeatedly scratched his chin, and when he spoke, he pled not guilty to an array of charges connected to the bombing, something he did only after being prompted by the judge, who intervened when one of his lawyers tried to speak to him, because because the defendant's English seemed heavily accented, which was at odds with the image of the ordinary American teenager, and he's been in America since he was six, who attended uh, Cambridge uh, Ringe, a Latin school in nearby Cambridge, and he says, I would ask him to answer, just directed. So the guy, is it the same guy? There's no photographer allowed in. And um, artist sketches only. But the guy suddenly got a heavy accent. And he's fidgeting. And some of the people who knew him said, uh, he's one of them here. It says, he never had that accent, said a friend from the school, declining to give his name as he spoke to reporters outside the courtroom. And uh, he came to see Doker, uh, Do- Zokar in court along with other friends from the suspect's high school wrestling team. He insisted that not only had Zokar's voice changed, but that his demeanor was also different to what he had known. He didn't fidget, he said. So I'll put this link up tonight too to make you wonder, because you really do wonder. Um, we don't know what's going on. Maybe they've killed the guy for all we know. I mean, we just, we just don't know. We just don't know. But it's true enough, why would the guy suddenly develop a heavy accent? And this article too is to do with um, New Zealand. This is showing that there's no country left untouched here to do with uh, the same same system as everywhere else, to do with anti-terrorism, etc. No privacy for anybody because of it. And it's called the GCSB Bill, Dissecting the GCSB Bill. And so this is, in short, the GCSB bill allows the organization, the spying organization in New Zealand, to spy on New Zealanders and to pass what they learn on to foreign governments. Well, see, they're all networking together, understand? They really all are. All the governments are networking together with all the information on everybody. And it says, if you don't do anything wrong, you have nothing to hide. As a common response to criticism of such unprecedented power. 
but the SIS, the security system, can also spy on New Zealanders and so can the police. The bill connects domestic spying to global spy networks, which, as we have recently learned, are listening to almost everyone. Now the bill is being passed under urgency. But why shouldn't we get this right? It says the Prime Minister is now trying to win support from either Peter Dunn or New Zealand first to get the bill through. It says, but whose bill is it really? And who will be spying? Who will we be spying for? And it's true, other countries. Who are you? Who's your boss? Where's all the information really going to other countries? What's the main country it's all going to? Because it will be going to a main country. And all the other ones are going to a main country too. Also, this article too came up today. It says, Syrian army seizes massive chemical stockpile from insurgents. That's the so-called, so-called rebels that are all mercenaries getting paid by the West. So the, so the Syrian army uh, found all these insurgents with uh, a chemical stockpile. So it's enough to wipe out the entire country. And so Russian experts have issued a report about an investigation into chemical weapons use in Syria. The Syrian Armed Forces seized a massive chemical depot from foreign-backed insurgents after a heavy gunfight. The seized chemicals would, according to Syrian sources, have been enough to, to cause mass death on an unprecedented scale. The seizure of the chemicals from insurgents coincides with recent intelligence reports according to which a renewed political and military campaign against Syria will be initiated by the opposition, the insurgents and the international alliance behind the war on Syria. The war has claimed more than 93,000 lives and displaced hundreds of thousands since 2011. And then another, it goes on to say that massive chemical depots seized and so on. And a bit about Russians too and what they say about it all as well. Because they tested the stuff uh, and etc. Uh, on, on the site that was supposed to be done with the previous release of, of uh, chemical weaponry there. And it said there wasn't the Syrian government did this. It was the insurgents that did it. It was in their territory too. So, as I say, it, it won't matter. John Pilcher is quite right on that uh, in a way. He says that um, when it comes to propaganda for to build up wars, uh, facts don't count. Don't count. And also, Congress rejects Obama and McCain's plan to arm the terrorist insurgents in Syria. Well, it won't matter. The U.S. will get it to them away in a funnel in a different way through CIA sources or American aid of some kind. But anyway, it says the U.S. Congress delivered a possible death blow to Bilderberg and CFR plans to fund and send weaponry to foreign Islamic terrorist mercenaries in Syria. And apparently, that was the champions Obama to get it going, to get it through, John McCain and Lindsey Graham, amongst others. And it goes on and on and on. Uh, and so it won't stop them. It's, it's, I'm, sure, I'm sure it's already been sent, in fact. And this article is pretty interesting. I, I see, this is interesting, too, because as Zarnef and, and so on are being uh, tried, like high-profile cases, there's also trying at homes, of course, for the theatre shooting. He appeared in court as well, apparently. Uh, you've got all these things going on right now, and you've, you've got uh, the, the Trayvon Martin case and so on uh, on the go. Uh, at the same time, that the, they're trying to get an investigation into Hillary's uh, conduct at the State Department. So it's detracted completely from that. And that's this has been put even not even in the shade; it's been put in the dirt. I think to do with uh, all of the the sexual improprieties, you might say amongst the women uh, that were all working in the office there, and plus one of the ambassadors to the guy they sent abroad that was into paedophilia and they eventually bring him back home. 
So that was put in the shade. And, and this is how they do things too. They put something else into the light, you see. And, and meanwhile, they're, they're, they're burying something else they don't, they really don't want you to, to, to go any further with. Because Hillary is getting really groomed to run for the next candidacy. Anyway, it says, uh, a secretive branch of the U.S. Department of Justice was deployed by, to Sanford, uh, Florida, in the aftermath of Trayvon Martin shooting to help organize rallies, including one uh, headlined by the Reverend Al Sharpton calling for the arrest and prosecution of George Zimmerman. Records obtained by the Watchdog Group's Judicial Watch under the Freedom of Information Act showed that members of the Justice Department's Community Relations Service were sent to Sanford in March and April of 2012 to help manage the protests. Actually, they created the protests. And it says... um, the Daily Caller reported Wednesday that 347 pages of documents obtained from the federal government showed that $5,320 in expenses was claimed by the Community Relations Service for workers assigned to protests and marches in and around Sanford after Zimmerman was accused of shooting Martin. And I'll put that up tonight too for those who want to follow it. I'll also go up at the website, cuttingtreebreaks.com. Everything's rigged, though, doesn't matter what it is. It's pretty well rigged, isn't it? But again, it's perception management. You only see what the news just generally gives you. And then it gets you angry or whatever it happens to be, because that's what it's meant to do. And here's Hillary here. Hillary Clinton keeps busy giving paid speeches to industry groups. I mean, she's, she's gone up the hill of munch, a mountain of money, really, isn't it? Well-named Hillary. But anyway, it says um, uh, she, she's jetted to Chicago last month to give a major speech in a cavernous convention hall. Her audience was 15,000 human resource professionals, and her remarks were tailored specifically to allow how immigration reform and President Obama's health care are affecting their industry. But you see the money she's getting paid for this. We'll talk about that when I come back from this break. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix. And this article about Hillary Clinton, as I say, it's basically she's, she's meeting in industry groups and lobbyists. And she's getting paid $200,000 a time, one after the other. And mind you too, she's got opportunity to, to, um, do little deals, of course, with the lobbyists as well. They all do that. They all do that. If you get access to certain people, that's what's done. I've read articles before from Britain and America and elsewhere on this very, very thing. And uh, then it goes into Clinton is, is, is the only uh, she's, she's uh, the only leading contender, 2016 contender, giving paid speeches with at least 14 delivered or scheduled so far. And that her husband had done it before. He's scraped up tens of millions of dollars in speaking fees since leaving office, etc., etc. It's awfully lucrative, isn't it, being a, a public servant? Okay. And then it goes on to lobbying opportunities, of course, I've just mentioned, and how it works and so on and so on, because it's, it's big, big cash. And that's really... Po- See, understand, government is a big business. And, uh, and all the big corporations understand it perfectly well, what it's really all about. In fact, to look at the a nation as a complete business... It doesn't matter about all the little businesses on either. It's a complete business, you see. So you, you, the politicians, um, many of whom are ex-CEOs or, or, or lawyers, top lawyers for industry and so on, um, know, know how it all works perfectly well. That's what government is today. Also, getting back to the fact that they're trying to bury this particular article to do with uh, Hillary, 
uh, it's, it's called the case of Aurelia Fedinson, and it's, uh, or Fedinison, I should say, it's her name, Aurelia. And it's about what happened at the State Department. She was a whistleblower who came forward and talked about uh, one of the ambassadors, for, for example, that they sent to Belgium, Howard Gutman, amongst others. And says Gutman's a big democratic donor who was appointed to his diplomatic post with a donor's traditional qualifications. He was alleged to have patronized uh, prostitutes, including minors, while at his post in Brussels, little boys, and was. Gottman's case was one of several said to have been investigated by the State Department, Inspector General, but covered up on the intervention of the administration in a subsequent IG report. Plus, there was a lot of improprieties in the State Department division to do with women who were on the go for other women, apparently. And that all came out at the time, too, but they're really quashing it now, uh, because the inquiry was supposed to be all be going on right now, but it's not. I think I've stopped it altogether and given you all the other top stories to keep you busy to do with other people appearing in court, but other things. So I guess Hillary's got the right qualifications. She's the, she's the, well, maybe we start calling her a man for the job. I mean, after that first article I've read tonight, you just don't know what to say anymore, do you? I mean, you, well, you don't. And, um, this one too is the, uh, I've got, uh, actually I should read this tomorrow. It's for smart meters. There's a whole bunch on smart meters here. But um, what we'll put up tonight is a link to a video and an article. So the lead vaccine developer that was to do with Gardasil and Cerverix, she was, she was head of the team that developed it, comes clean so she can sleep at night. And she says Gardasil and Cerverix don't work. They're dangerous and they weren't tested, she says. But they don't work uh, and they're dangerous and they weren't tested. This is the person who developed it. She led the team for the company. I mentioned that when it first happened. I'll put it up tonight for those who care about it. Most folk don't care about much today. Because propaganda overcomes fact very well. Always, actually. They never give you anything to hurt you. That's the world you live in. From Hamish from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your God, school with you. <laughs>